Hello and welcome to a brand new podcast dedicated on all things League One. We bring the latest, the biggest and the hottest news coming out of England's third tier. You are listening to League One Lowdown and the first episode we talk about all things relegation. In the studio we have Alex Broom who is a Wickham fan. Hiya. I'm good Alex, how are you? I'm okay, thank you. Good, good. And we've also got Joe Citrone who is an Oxford supporter. How are you doing Joe? Yeah, I'm good, pal. How are you? Yeah, very, very well, thank you. Let's start with Oxford. Uh, of course, they won a massive relegation clash. They beat Bradford 1-0 at the Kassam. A late goal from Jamie Mackey uh, got Oxford the win that sent Bradford to the bottom of the table. Joe, you were at the game. What did you make of Oxford's uh, performance in what was a massive win for Robinson and co? Well, it was a massive win, mate. Um, you know, it, it, it wasn't a particularly great game. Um, howling wind, um, and as you know, in the uh, in the sort of three-sided Kassam Stadium, the wind can come in and really make a massive impact. Um, it, you know, we had a lot of chances. Bradford really weren't up to much. You know, they clearly come for the point. Um, but you know, I think I, I, res- I liked the fact we were resilient. We went to the end. Um, our finishing was pretty dreadful. Like we had a lot of chances. You look at our the stats after the game. We had like 26 shots and only five were on target. I think that tells the story of the game. But we just kept going to the end. And um, to be fair, we brought on Jamie Mackey, which was a bit of an inspired substitution. He changed the game, and um, he got the winner late on, which was a massive three points. But of course, um, I'm sure you're going to want to talk about the controversy after it, which um, I'm not sure I'm going to, have to give too much insight on because um, I'm still confused right now, to be honest. Could you just sort of give the, the listeners a sort of a, a brief lowdown? I'll try to, to give a lowdown on sort of what, what even happened. I mean, I, I mean, I saw what happened a couple of days ago and even I'm baffled at, at what was going on. Yeah, well, from my, my understanding is that, you know, I'm obviously celebrating the goal wildly, a 94th minute winner and a relegation six-pointer. I look up and Jamie Mackey is going absolutely mad at one of the linesmen. So I'm thinking the goal's been disallowed. So I'm obviously absolutely gutted. Like, I can't believe it. I don't know what the goal's been disallowed for. Um... And then I see Doyle, the Bradford strike, put the ball on the spot as if Bradford got a penalty. So I'm sort of like completely, I'm sure you can imagine that, you know, the words coming out of the mouth, I'm not sure they're broadcast. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it was just, I, I had no idea what was going on. Obviously, all, every player, you know, Robinson's like surrounding the referee as well. It's just crazy. Um, and then after about a good six minutes of sort of deliberation, the referee consults both linesmen, consults, uh, consults the fourth official, um, the goal is, is awarded to Oxford. Uh, after the game, it seems that the, the problem was that we took the goal kick while players were still in the box, which apparently, I've never heard of this rule before, but apparently you're not allowed to do. So that's what Bradford were complaining about. And the referee thought the goal was fine, but mm. one of the linesmen seemed to think there was a rule saying you can't do that. So he wanted to get it right, and it just seemed like the referee completely lost control and was sort of just panicking that he was getting this decision wrong. Mm. But um, I think... Um, having looked at the rules, that it, it was at the right decision at the end, but just just totally crazy, and I think sums up League One refereeing, to be honest. Yeah, I, I I do agree with you that the the standard of refereeing in the division is is sort of slowly decreasing in terms of good standard. Um, I want to talk more about the chances that Oxford pose. I mean, obviously, it's been a disappointing campaign for Oxford. Obviously, you sort of haven't been able really to to generate a really good run of form you know, sort of get a good sequence of, of wins together. How, how do you rate Oxford's chances in these final 9-10 games of the season? It's difficult to say because it's such a crazy league that you never know what's going to happen week to week. But I think we've just got players to stay up. Right? We've got a decent, uh, we've got some decent individuals. I think it's a it's sort of a situation where we've got some, some good players but not a particularly good team. It doesn't make up for a good mm. team. 
Like we've got players that I think most teams in League One would love to have in their team, like Jordan Graham, Cameron Brannigan, Simon Eastwood, etc. So if, if 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 those players can turn up for the last for the last uh, for the last few games of the season, uh, we've got some winnable fixtures in there. We're playing Wimbledon, we're playing Shrewsbury. Uh, we've still got some you know Coventry. I think is a winnable game on Saturday. Um, you know we've got some some good games coming up. So I, I don't see any reason why not. I think you know it's just. A case of can we can we get enough points? Now? Can we get to 51 as soon as possible? Um, if we can, then then look forward to next season. But as you say, it's been a pretty torrid season, and uh, I just I'm looking forward to to be an ending. To be honest, because it's uh, it's been not particularly pleasant to watch all season. Do you think that the main problem Oxford have had this season is sort of a lack of a real goal scorer? I mean, you know, you lost a beaker. Uh, in the season, you, I, I was expecting Jamie Mackey to maybe, perhaps, probably pop up with a few more goals than he has done. Do you think that that's been the the key sort of problem this season for Oxford? Yeah, I think it's spot on, mate. I think it, you know it, it's it, it has been that because we've got a lot of good creative players, but nobody to sort of finish it off. And I think you're right about Mackey. Mackey, I do like Mackey. I think he's a you know a hardworking player. He reminds me a bit of Danny Hilton. Um, you know, chasing down defenders, chasing down the goalkeeper. He'll run all day for you, but he's not really a goal scorer. And mm. if you look back through his career at QPR and, and all the clubs he's played for before, he's never really scored that many goals. Like, I think the last time he scored more than 10 was, I think, in 2009 or 2010. Like, he's not really that sort of player. Mm. Um, and we had, obviously, Sam Smith on loan from Reading early in the season as well, who was a, just a big gamble, like a young kid coming on loan, had a bit of potential. Uh, we were banking sort of everything on him being ready for League One, and it just didn't work at all. You mentioned Obiki got injured. Again, even he's not really a goal scorer anyway. I'm not sure he'd have helped us too much, even if he stayed fit. Uh, we brought in Jerome Sinclair, who, again, you know, decent player, but struggled for goals in his in his career, sort of player that's used to playing under-23 football. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that, has been, that has definitely been the main problem, mate. Um, we, uh, on Saturday, you could see we had loads of chances, but and we were just missing them all. Like, we weren't even testing the goalkeeper. We were blazing most of them over the bar wide. Um, that has been definitely the main problem, mate. Do you think maybe the the manager? I think everyone sort of saw Robinson come into Oxford and what he done at Charlton and MK Dons. You know, he's he's a very good League One manager. He got obviously Dons at the division. He left Charlton in the playoffs. I think to me it seems such a massive surprise to see that Oxford are down there with with the manager that they've got. Do you think that maybe you should have sacked him earlier on in the campaign? How how do you feel about that? Um, well, anyone that knows me, will know I'm not a massive Robinson fan to be to, to be sort of blunt um, but you know I just I think I, I can't think of a luckier man in football than Carl Robinson to still be in his job to be honest considering how poor we've been this season um, you know we have we have uh, we definitely have um, had a terrible season and I think yeah there have been plenty of managers out there who've become available over the course of the season who you know you look at and think well he could probably come in and do a decent job and we're struggling for results and you know Robinson since he's come in has thinks won 13 13 or 14 games since he's, he's been in charge like, and he's been in charge nearly a year now so yeah I, I would have got rid of him but clearly the owner is uh, is looking at the long term and still believes in Robinson for the future so we'll have to wait and see what happens with Oxford and, and Robinson but yeah we're going to have to definitely improve on uh, on, on this next season and uh, we've got to stay up first and foremost but yeah we've got to improve on it next season uh, if he's going to um, keep his job Great stuff cheers for that Joe uh, I want to move now on to Wickham uh, obviously, we've got Alex, who's a, a Wickham supporter. Um, 
2019, Alex, has not been a, a great start for Wickham. Um, obviously, January, you were very much looking good. You know, you've got a good couple of wins together. And it's just suddenly since February, it's just kind of gone to pieces. You're the worst side in the division at the moment for, for form. Only Southend are just above you by a point in terms of last sort of run of games. Um, do you really fear for Wickham going into the final stretch of the season? I'm worried. Of course I'm worried. How can I not be worried we've won no games in the last nine? It's That's most concerning form I think I can remember as a Wickham fan for quite some time but I don't ultimately ultimately when it comes to it, I don't think we will go down because our team spirit above all and our manager will keep us up there's no really in our squad there's no big egos no bad attitudes we've got players who want to play for the manager we haven't really got players who sulk when things aren't going their way players all are they know we're all, we're, all, we're all in it together and we're, everyone's working hard to end this bad run of form. We would have done it on Saturday against Shrewsbury, but for an absolute chaotic last five minutes, we're one up going to the last, well, to the 88th minute. Gave away a bit of a soft free kick outside the penalty area. Set Just switched off for the set play. Um, Omar Beckles for Shrewsbury scored a free header. And then an absolute, well, just an appalling piece of defending from two of our players gave away mm. a penalty in the 93rd minute. And they tucked that away, and that's just snatched. Uh, well, just snatched. It gave us a loss from the brink of victory, and it was absolutely devastating. I can't remember the last time I've come out of a game feeling that just, just, just let down, sad by the result. Because I thought we really deserved to win that game. We put in a good, it's a sort of performance I associate with Ainsworth. For you go away from home, yeah. You batter that you outrun the team, you outwork the team. You have you've got your batman Ram and Samuel up front, work like similar to what Joseph and Mackie chasing the defenders down, not letting them play out from the back. And we just gave it away in the last five minutes. And I was absolutely devastated. Do you do you kind of why? I mean, Wickham, you know, the the home form in the first half of the season was very very strong. Um, it seems 2019's been a little bit. It's been a difficult start for you at home. Do you think maybe you know? your home form is going to be the reason that you stay up? Do you think that maybe you need to improve the away form? What, what do you truthfully think on that? Uh, it's a tough bizarre. Some of our home games left, we've got to play Charlton and Portsmouth and they're a team well, fighting for promotion. They need they need to win to try and spend their playoff plays or even in Portsmouth's case, possibly hunt down the top two. So it's it's hard to say. But then when you, you have a look at the big teams we played at home this season, we drew to Luton, we beat Barnsley, we've... Should have beat Sunderland, but from a last-minute goal, like we've typically been better against the bigger teams. So it's yeah. I'm, I'm not. It's, it's it's so weird with Wickham. All the teams around us, we've. I wouldn't say well. We just not seem to play as well as them as we have against the bigger, te- the better teams at home. Mm. Like we beat Doncaster at home as well. It's just it's it's a weird one with that, and it's just the, what we seem to be doing at the minute is losing to the teams around us. Like. It's an absolute... It's, it's just sucking you in sort of thing. Losing against Accrington last week as well, midweek after we had 1-0 up. Mm-hmm. Losing against Shrewsbury after we 1-0 up on Saturday. Then the week before we had 1-0 up against Sunday. We, we take the lead and we just... It seems... I don't know if it's a concentration or complacency or what, but we just can't seem to see the game out, see the game out for whatever reason. It's really, really frustrating. Because if we'd have got... If we'd have just seen all three of those games out, that would have been, what, an extra eight points on the board. That ultimately mm. probably would have kept us up. We wouldn't even be thinking about a relegation battle now. I think you'd probably be in the top half of the table. With just two points above danger. And in in, Jan- in early January, I, I honestly thought we were safe. We're just mm. looking down. We're, I even thought there's a small chance we could possibly put a run in for the playoffs. Exactly. And then we lost um, three of our loanees expired. Bryn Morris, Fred on your dim and Randall Williams. And they've all gone elsewhere. Bryn's gone to Portsmouth. Fred's just rotting in Millwall's reserves. 
and then Randall's gone to Exeter in League 2 and he's, from what I get, Exeter fans don't even like this. It's weird because all three of them were really good players for us and none of them are really flourishing at their new clubs. It's just quite disappointing because they would probably have cemented our survival spots by now, in my opinion. I mean, the, the, the last thing I'm going to bring up on Wickham, it, it seems when you've hit this real bad patch of form, it's when the teams below are starting to win. You see, you know, there's teams like, you know, Scumfort win, Oxford win. It just sucks It just sucks you back in sort of thing. Do you think that might be the reason, the fact that you've hit bad form at the worst time when other teams below you are starting to really close the gap and, you know, get, get you involved, get you suckered in, basically? What I compared this on really bad run of form with is when we were last in League One, at the start of February, we looked absolutely dead and buried. And then we had a great winner, yeah. only losing once in eight games. That gave us a fighting chance. We had um, a couple of lone players come in, Marcelo Trotter playing up front with Bevan. It just it gave us, well, they scored the goals, which gave us like, a fighting chance of staying up. And it's been the, the direct opposite now. We looked all but safe, and now we've just hit a really poor run of form. And it looks like we're sucking back in towards relegation. But I think... We, we will turn it around. We've got a massive game against Oxford coming up uh, at the end of the month. and we, have, we, we If we lose that game, I really, really am worried. But if we even if we just get a draw, just in a sense stop the rot, don't lose another team around us, I think that will be enough to kick us up and keep us looking up the table. And our game on Saturday, which would have been against Charles, has been postponed to their international collapse. And I don't think that could have come at a better time. As we, we need to have a, couple, yeah. like, a week out just analyse what's been going wrong, see the improvements and then just hopefully go from there, take the game to Oxford and pray and we can win it. There's, we could potentially even be in the relegation spot yeah. come that time and that's, that's just so worrying. Great, great stuff. Thank you, Alex. Uh, that was Alex there talking about Wickham. Obviously, the team I support, Bristol Rovers, um, it's been a... a si- 2019's been very, very kind to us, obviously, since the managerial change, which I think... Many Rovers fans were sceptical about. Coughlin has come in and has done a terrific job. We've got some massive away wins since he's coming through the door. Beating Oxford away, Scunthorpe away, Gillingham away we've uh, won at. And we even managed to beat Southend as well, which is massive for us. The home form still is a bit of a concern. Um, I went to the uh, Charlton home game on Saturday. It was a battling performance. And I think it just shows how far we've come under Coughlin. The fact that there's a little bit of disappointment at the fact that we drew nil-nil against the side in the top six. You know, Charlton are one of the better teams in the division. Technically, I think they've got some really good players. They pass the ball well and, you know, they've, they've, they've arguably got, got a very, very good good team and definitely where they deserve to be. Um, I, I think as well, um, you know, with, with Rovers, I just think Clark Harris has been a massive difference for us. You know, he's come in six goals in seven games, I think it is. Um, and it, it makes you think... You know, if we had him from the start of the season, I know we just joined Coventry, but it makes you really truthfully think that if we did have him, I don't think we would be where we are. We're eight unbeaten away from home. Yes, we've only won four home games this season, but we're certainly a lot better than what we were at the early stages of, of the season uh, under under Darrell. And I think, you know, it's pretty much like what you said, Broom. You know, there's no bad apples at this at this club they all want to fight for the manager they all want to play he's got a settled team a lot of players aren't getting involved where they probably offer a little bit more quality and, and creative spark but you know he always has the message you know if you wear the shirt and you earn the right to, to keep wearing the shirt then you'll you'll, you'll still be in the team so I mean, the, the you put, were you crying out for a player like Clark Harris all yeah, season literally I was about to say yeah we've, we, we have been I think you know the problem was we, we signed Payne from, from Shrewsbury and 
we wanted him to be like what Ellis Harrison was, this big target man, gets physical and, and battles with the defenders in the air and on the floor and has the pace. But, you know, if you've watched Stefan Payne over the years, he just isn't like that. You know, he wants to play off the shoulder. He wants to get in behind, has the pace. He isn't afraid of the physical battle, but his height lets him down. Um, so he was misused. And, and as a result, that's why he's had a problem with um, the Rover supporters. But we have been very, very much crying out for a, a Clark Harris type. And it's amazing to think that Coventry fans really had such a bad disapproval of him and, and thought, you know, he was no good. It really did surprise me, yes. Yeah, very jealous about that, mate, because we obviously <laughs> got the boy Sinclair in from, uh, from Watford. And um, I think we were crying out for a player like Clark Harris. I mean, it's just somebody who can just score goals, you know, just knows where the back of the net is. Like, most weeks I look into British Rovers' scores and it's, you know, Clark Harris one goal, Clark Harris two goals. That's what we've, that's what we've been desperate for. Exactly, and I think we we don't have a, we haven't had enough match winners in our team, and you just see the last two away games scores against Scunthorpe, decides it. Gillingham was a tough away game. He scores that thirty yard perler, which is arguably going to be our goal of the season. There's no doubt about that. He scored a hat trick against Blackpool, and he's he's come in. You know, he's he wants to come in. He wants to play. You know, a lot of players who if they go from a team in the top half to a relegation scrapping team, and a lot of them are not interested, but this but this lad, you can tell, has got a lot of heart, got a lot of effort, he's willing to fight for the team that is, you know, scrapping for their lives like, you know, a lot of these other teams are. Um, but enough about Rovers. I want to now do a thing on the League One relegation predictor. Obviously, four spots, uh, we'll see four teams go down. Um, the bottom four at the moment, it's Bradford, Rochdale, uh, Walsall, and... Uh, South End, I believe, are in the oh, no, Wimbledon. Uh, Wimbledon. Sorry, just just outside it on goal difference is South End. Um, I want to start with you, Joe. Uh, who do you truthfully think the four teams going down will be come uh, the fourth of May? Well, the two that I'm absolutely confident about at the moment are Bradford and Rochdale. Um, I think they're sort of too far gone now. Bradford, I think that will you know kill them off on Saturday. I think uh, the, the the way they lost the game against uh, Oxford. Um, the other two is just so difficult to call. I've, I've got Warsaw and South End down, um, just because I think their form um, is pretty atrocious. I mean, South End have picked up just four points for the last ten games um, and slipped right down the table. And I think that I mean, you want to be in this situation. You want to be someone like Wimbledon, um, who's getting a, a bit of form together rather than slipping into their um, slipping sort of down and uh, their form being bad. Because you want this is the this is the wrong time, the exact wrong time to, to sort of hit um, really bad form. So I think. Mm. Bradford, Rochdale, uh, Walsall, and Southend for me. I, I agree with you on on that. I think the, the 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 most interesting one out of that is Bradford. You look at their team on paper. You know, this is a, yeah. a, a top half team that should be chasing the playoffs. And the one thing I I seem to think is if when they sacked Michael Collins, if they had got Gary Bowyer in, he was available from the first day of the season. You know, when he resigned from Blackpool, I think if they genuinely had got him in earlier and he's able to stamp his authority and you know get rid of the dead wood and, and bring in the players he wants to fit his style, I think they would be probably in in a better position than what they are. It's just there, there's just a big big cloud hanging over Bradford at the moment, isn't there? What, what, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's an interesting point you make about Bowyer. I really rate him as a manager. I think he's a, a really good manager. He can work in tough situations. Look at the three jobs he's had, like Blackburn, Blackpool and Bradford. Like, all mm. sort of really tough jobs. Um, question marks about the ownership. Um, I think he's the perfect guy to go in, but I think you're right. Like, if they just got him a bit earlier, maybe got him in before January so he could get a few of his own players in, I think it would have made a massive difference. Like, But I think, again, you make an interesting point about how they've, on paper, they've got a good squad. Because I think you look at like Berry last season on squad they had a good uh, on paper they had a good squad, mm. but 
it, uh, like good individuals doesn't necessarily make a good team. I think the, the same uh, applies to Oxford this season. Like we've got some good individuals, but it's a, it's not a particularly good team as you as you've seen by the results we've been picking up. And I think Bradford um, have got some decent individuals in there, like Jack Payne, or a massive fan of I mean, uh, no. Doyle has got a good goal yeah. scorer up front. He did well for Oldham, but as, as you're saying, like there's so many problems off the pitch um, with the ownership, the fans not happy, changing managers all the time. I think it's come back to bite them. The thing is, I think with Bradford, is when you've got um, Payne and behind Doyle, you should be looking at scoring a lot of goals. And Absolutely. I think they've only scored, what, 42 goals this year. That's just, it's quite simply just not good enough for the players they've got. Yeah. The return the return of goals they've got from the players they have is just simply not good enough. And you've got, you've got to look at um, the appointment of Hopkin for that. Because and as you said, Matt, if you'd have put Gary Bowyer in at that point and he was available, he'd left Blackpool by then, I don't think they'd be anywhere near where they are now. I think they'd be well up the table. They'd be safe and that'd be an extra spot up for grabs. But I just I just can't see them staying up. They're too far cut adrift. They're, what's, they're six points away already and that's just mm. so much to make up at this stage of the season. I understand that, but then you know, you look, you look at Wimbledon, they were nine points, I think, start of February. Now they're only, what, I think they're level on points with Southend. So it just goes to show yeah, that you can get a good run of form you can be, you know, you can be right in there to stay up. Can you see Bradford? Do you not, do you not think that the way they lost the last game, though? No, I, I get that. I, I do, I do understand your point. I mean, um, I, I'll say my sort of my predictor table in a minute. What, what do you, what do you think, Brim? Do you agree with what the four Joe said, or do you uh, have any sort of different teams might be in there? I don't think you can look beyond Bradford and Watchdale. I think they're pretty much all but gone. Really, I mean, it's. I mean, obviously, they could stay up if they hit a good one of form but I just can't see it happening I think Rochdale sat Keith Hill at the wrong time if you're going to get rid of him get rid of him early on so a new manager could possibly have the January transfer window maybe bring in one or two players put his own stamp on the team mm-hmm. but just, I think that's going to be what ultimately does sink Rochdale and then I think South End are hitting they're in really really bad form they've only won I think they've only won once this year and that was on the opening that was on um, New Year's Day so you, that's that's really worrying mm-hmm. and then from what I know, Shrewsbury did win the game. From what I saw them on Saturday, they just look so ordinary, so one-dimensional, and I just I can't see them having the having the quality to get out of it. But then, yeah. the way as similar to what Joe said, the way Bradford lost the game on Saturday, the way Shrewsbury won the game, two last-minute goals, that does yeah. wonders to confidence. Well, that can absolutely. get the team believe that they can really dig deep and get out of a tough situation. So maybe that'll keep them. But if I did have to say, I, w- I would go with Shrewsbury, Watchdale, Bradford. In any particular and order? Southend or? to be the fourth. Okay, it's a bit different to, to Joe. I'm going to go with the four that you said, Joe. So Bradford and Rochdale, the bottom two. I think Walsall in particular, the start of the season, you know, they were, I think they started the first eight away unbeaten or something like that. And then it's just completely fell to pieces. I think the goals are drying up. Ferrier was in his first, I think, first campaign in League One doing really, really well. That sort of disappeared. Um, they're getting. I, I think that they've. You know, obviously they have struggled. I, I do. I do worry for them. Um, I haven't seen any of the run-ins, and I, I, I worry for for South End. To be honest, I think um, with with Powell in charge, they've completely gone on a real sort of deep slide. Um, the, te- the, the obviously the chairman's come out and backed him and stuff, but I, I do really worry, and I, I think Wimbledon are staying up. I really, really do. So I'm going to have to say the four that that you went for. What yeah, I think, think about, I think Wimbledon's interesting one, isn't it? What do you think about Southend coming out and back in power? Do you think it's the right thing to do at this stage of the season? I'll let Joe answer that one first. Uh, I, don't, well, I don't know about you two boys, uh, who are obviously fans of teams who are in the, still in the relegation battle, but I breathed a huge sigh of relief when I found out he was staying. 
because I was worried when um, I found out that like, there was rumours going around that he was going to get the sack. And I was like, oh, no, like, keep him, please, because the last <laughs> thing that Southend, like, I want Southend to have right now is, a, is it like a new manager bounce. Yeah, um, exactly. You I, want another team hitting form now, so the worst thing could happen. Like, I don't necessarily think Powell's a bad manager. I think he's had a lot of injuries this season. Uh, it's, been, it's, been, it's been tough for Southend. Um, but the last, thing I want, like, the last thing I want is for them to get somebody in um, who's experienced to, you know, and, and and to get that new manager bounce because like, I'm, I'm I'm pleased he's staying from an Oxford perspective and I think South End fans like, they were going mad when they when that statement came out from Ron Martin the South End chairman that he was staying what they were I going th- mad and, what, and I thought, so. what I thought would have been the turning point for South End is when they three they played Portsmouth five on Sky they're three 0 down at half time just getting outplayed out out four out dominated mm. and then they they um was it Cox scored a hat trick in the second half they drew the yeah. and. That's the sort of thing which can really in- inspire a team to keep going on. But you're playing on like everyone's watching you, like the whole division sees what's yeah. what's happening. They've just they've they've gone and crawled their way back from an impossible task and drawn against one of the best teams in the league after being three 0 down. I, think, I thought that'd really yeah help them to kick on, but it just they've done the opposite and they've just got even worse. But then, then really, but then now we see we see more and more modern day football, don't we? You know, when when chairmen's come out and say a statement going, "Oh, I back the manager." You know, it happened with Rovers. You know, uh, our chairman came out and said that we we backed Daryl. We you know we we believe he's the right man. Two weeks later, he gets the sack. So, you know, sometimes it's a case of don't read, don't read what what it obviously says. It, it could be sort of deeper rooted problems. But completely agree with you, Joe. I think from hearing from that point of view, I think the way they're playing, the way that they're losing games, they you know I think they've picked up what two two draws in the last sort of seven or six or something like that so it does make you worry but I completely agree with you Joe the fact that it did it was a bit like music to my ears hearing that Chris Powell's been given the back and no disrespect to him so I think he's a good manager but I just think the way they're playing at the moment you, 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 I can't see anything but, but them keep heading downwards um, I want to touch on Wimbledon another big talking point um, they've gone Four games of that uh, with a clean sheet. They've won three games. They beat Southend, obviously, at the weekend. They beat two playoff hopefuls in uh, Doncaster and Peterborough, albeit they did have a, an extra man. And then they did um, uh, draw nil-nil as well uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, Joe, I want to start with you. Are, you. are you really surprised by the form that Wimbledon have now got? Just a complete, It's just completely come out of nowhere, hasn't it? Yeah, it totally has, mate. I am very surprised, yeah. Um, a few weeks ago, like... I'm thinking, okay, you know, Wimbledon are definitely down. Like, you're looking at the relegation battle, you're thinking, okay, Wimbledon are down, Bradford probably down, you've just got to stay out of those, those other two spots. Um, but Wimbledon, out of nowhere, have just got an amazing run of form with Joe Pickett leading the line. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I can't say, like, I look through their squad and think their, their squad's really that great. But clearly the guy who's come in, Wally Downs, has um, had a massive impact. And, um yeah, I mean, clearly, again, it's a bit of a it's, it's a, it's a together club. You get the you get the impression, like a small budget, um, a few thousand fans every week. You, you, they can they can galvanise a good team spirit and sort of club together in these situations. I think, I think that's what they've done, and uh, you know they're they're fighting for their lives. They're getting good results. They're getting luck as well. I think a few um, uh, games they've had recently, players have been sent off against them, mm. so they're getting a, a, a sort of a slice of luck at the right time as well. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 amazed. I think I think you're right. I, mean, I think they're going to stay up now. I think that with the the form they've they're on, the momentum they've got, they've got the wind in their sails. Yeah, I think they're going to. I think they get out of it now. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, the one thing that stands out, you know, Wally Downs is a Wimbledon legend as well, isn't he? You know, he's part of the crazy gang. Mm. He was there for so many years. He won the, the 88 FA Cup with that famous Wimbledon team. Um, he, he just seems to have really galvanised him. You know, he, 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 I think you can't obviously tell from the inside and the changing room, what have you, but it might just look like, you know, he's galvanised a team and just sort of put put the idea across, you know, this is what it means to play for Wimbledon. You know, you're a tight-knit group, community, the fans pay good money to, to watch and stuff like that. So I, I I think he's done terrifically well in, in just a short space of time and, and, you know, yeah, fair play to him. When they when they appointed him after um, they got Devardi, I think it was a very, very bold decision to go for someone like that rather than either Paul Hurst or Gary Bay who are both mm. available. Mm. So I was thinking that that would have been the safe option have been for Hurst or Bayer. They're two managers at the level who generally do get teams out of trouble. They yeah. can work with similar surroundings, what Wimbledon have, similar what budget and um, resources. And then when they went four downs, I was thinking, well, it's a, it's a hell of a risk because if it goes wrong, you're, you're definitely getting relegated. And then for large parts of the season, just no improvement whatsoever. And I was just thinking, well, they're definitely down. That's, that's one team's just going to definitely finish bottom. And then out of, it has been completely out of nowhere. They've just hit a really good run of form and now they're looking like I think they'll stay up as Joe said earlier you, this is a perfect time of the season to hit good form yeah, in the relegation fight on. and it's going to get the, I think it's definitely going to get them out of trouble well not definitely but it, I, I think it will get them out I of think, trouble I think one thing I noticed as well about Wimbledon is they're, they're starting to really score goals I think that's what the downfall of Ardley was his teams were just not attacking enough and they didn't score enough that's why they were down there and to me looked dead and buried but they've just suddenly found this scoring touch as well as this run of, run of form completely out of the blue which it is such a good thing to have, isn't it? If you've got a good... If you can be solid at the back, which they have been, and score decisive goals and, and find that knack for it, I think it's a great combination to have and, you know, let them, you know, keep keep going with it. I, that's what I personally think. Yeah, they're keeping clean sheets as well, mate. The last four games, they've kept clean sheets. So, defensively, they're solid. Mm. Um, they're, just, they're just sort of nicking 1-0 wins and 2-0 wins. And I think they have had the, the rub degree that players have been sent off. But... You know, clearly they've, they've, they've got their act together and look like an organised team because, um, you know, clean sheets, one or two goals, one or two nil, that's what you want in this situation. So, fair play to them. And um, as an Oxford fan, I'm, I'm sort of worried about their form, to be honest. I'm, I'm, I mean, the last point I'm going to say about when we got to play them on the 19th of April, so Good Friday, and if you told me two or three weeks ago we'd be playing them, I probably would have rubbed my hands. But given the form they've been on, it does it does fill you with uh, a bit of concern. That they, the last thing we're going to do now, we're going to look at the weekend's games, so the big games sort of with sides in and around the relegation scrap uh, and who they have. Uh, the four games that I uh, picked out in particular... Um, one of them I did think was interesting. We talked a lot about Southend on the uh, podcast. They're away to Peterborough. Now, of course, Peterborough are not in a great run of form. They've won once uh, under Darren Ferguson. Uh, yeah, against Wickham, which Broom uh, uh, points out. Um, Southend as well, not in a great run of form. So both sides have got points to play for, Alex. How do you, how do you I mean, see that game going? Because on paper, they've got a lot to play for. Southend to get a result against a team who haven't been playing so well, but... I think they're just in such such poor form. I've, and I think when I went to the game when Peterborough played us, and Peterborough looked alright going forward. They looked like they could score goals. Mm. And I think Southend's defence has been so leaky. I can't see Peterborough not scoring at least two. So I'll, I'll go with a three-one to Peterborough on that game. Joe, what, what's the what's the thinking you've you've got on this game uh, upcoming for Southend? Uh, I think it's an absolutely massive game for them. Um, I think they've got to, to go there to win. Um, but I actually do agree with Brum. I think Peterborough, like they're, they're still in the amazing. They're still in the playoff hunt. Like if you if you look at the um, uh, the situation at the top, like it seems like nobody wants that final playoff spot. Um, so they're still in, they're still with a chance. If they win this game, they could go back into the top six. So 
it's still everything to play for for them. Um, and I think they've just got the better team. And, uh, yeah, I think 2-0, 2-1, I think, to Peterborough. Yeah, I'm going to go with a Peterborough win and I'm going to go with a, a bit more of a handsome scoreline for Posh. I'm going to go 3-1. Um, one game really, really stands out was Rochdale versus Scunthorpe. Scunthorpe, uh, a very funny team because under Stuart McCall, they've had really bad runs in the season and they've had really good runs in the season. Um, Rochdale, of course, still at the time of this recording, have not got a new manager, so they've still got a caretaker. Um as we said, we, we, we seem to believe that Rochdale are dead and buried. If they won this game, how much would this give them the belief that they can survive in League One again? Because they did it last year. There's no there's no reason why they can't do it again. Well, yeah, they came, uh, they came from nowhere last year, didn't they? The FA Cup run gave them loads of games in hands and they managed to pick up points from those and they were looking up the table. But it's just the fact they've got rid of Hill to me, I, that, that's what's done. He's yeah. the sort of manager who... I associate is similar like to John Coleman. He can get the best out of his team, even though his team may not be like they may not have like, the best yeah. players in terms of quality. But he knows what he's got. He works well with them. He gets them everyone doing their role for the team. And with Henderson, you, you when you've got a goal scorer, you've always got a chance of um, staying out of trouble. But then his goals have dried up recently, which is why they've probably slid down the table and now in the relegation zone. And Scunthorpe, on the other hand, their January transfer business I thought was absolutely outstanding. I thought they brought in yeah. like Hamill, McMahon. I thought they brought in excellent players who could definitely get them out of out of danger. And that's exactly what's happened. So I'm going to go for a two-one Scunthorpe win, and that'll be big for Scunthorpe's hopes to get away from the relegation zone. And pretty much, in my opinion, condone Watchdale to relegation. Okay. What well, what's your thinking on uh, on this uh, game at Spotland, Joe? Uh, I'm, I'm going. To, I think I'm agreeing with Brum again. I think Scunthorpe um, have got some good players. That's a good team. I agree that their January business was very strong. But w- w- again, like they're hitting bad form at the worst time. They yeah. they picked up um, in January when they got those players in. They wanted a good run. It looked as if they got themselves out of trouble and they were just going to sort of be mid-table obscurity for the rest of the season. But they've been dragged back in, and uh, they they're in desperate need of points again. And um, Rochdale, of course, need to win this game. Uh, it's getting towards that stage now where it's, you know, draws aren't good enough. They've got to win. Um, so yeah, I think, but I do think Scunthorpe have got the edge. And I think, I think Brim's right actually. You know, uh, Keith Hill, get rid of him early in the season or not at all. Like they, the timing of it was was a bit strange. Um, and they haven't actually got anywhere in. It looks like they might stick, stick with a caretaker for the rest of the season. So I, I, I don't hold much hope for them staying up. And I think Scunthorpe will edge it. So I think they'll edge it. Um, I think they edge it one 0 I'm going to say 2-1 Scunthorpe, so uh, three, uh, again, us three agree on the same prediction. Um, one game that is really interesting, it's Gillingham versus Wimbledon. I mean, we've talked about Wimbledon on this podcast, how they're in really good run of form. They haven't scored, uh, they haven't conceded, sorry, for four games. Um, Gillingham are always a team, you know, they've got Eves, who arguably is one of the best strikers in the division and perhaps far too good for Gillingham, no disrespect, but they always seem to me like a team, whenever they need a result the most, they pick it up. You know, they've done it against teams. You know, I think they did it against Oxford. They've beaten Wickham as well. Um, they've done it. They beat uh, Rovers, obviously, on the yeah, back end of November. As well, not many teams get someone out of the Luton game. Exactly, and they're, they're very bold, very attacking. So I, I would, I would think Gillingham have a really good chance of getting something. But the way Wimbledon are playing, I just can't see them. Uh, uh, you know, not coming away with, with a positive result. It's, it's an interesting game. This, one. I think, the, the most particularly interesting one out of the weekend. I've got this one down as a score draw. I, I think. As you said with Eves, I think Gillingham always going to have a goal threat because he's a sort of striker at this level, does score goals. I, 
he scored scored against Luton, and to score two at Kenilworth Road, it takes some doing. Luton's home form is the best in the country. Their mm. quality on home turf and Gillingham went there, and, and I, from what I read, um, I saw some people post on Twitter, some Luton fans and a couple of Gillingham fans that Gillingham potentially unlucky not to win the game. So I think they're definitely gonna be um, threatening against Wimbledon. But then, as we said, Wimbledon's upturn in form has been sensational, and I think they're definitely going to be in the shout as well. So I've got a score draw. I'm going to go for 1-1. I'm going to go with 1-1. With I mean, I just want to ask you this question, Joe. Do you think maybe Gillingham are a bit of a one-man team? Because it seems if you stop Eves, they they, they almost they, they don't know how to, to, to get other goals. That's what I seem to think. What, what, do, what do you think on that and, and the thoughts of, of the game coming up on Saturday against Wimbledon? Yeah, it looks that way. I mean, Eves is a... Is a striker that I think most teams in the division would love to have. He's big, strong, knows where the back of the net is. That's what you need in this division. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think, I think, yeah, maybe they are a bit of a one-man team, and uh, and they do rely on him. But I, I, I don't, th- I don't see that as a bad thing, really. I think if you've got a goal scorer, uh, play around him, play to his strengths, and, and that's what Gillingham do on a, on a weekly basis. I mean, we got we got beat by them uh, a couple of weeks back, um, and you know, Eves is is somebody that he didn't score the winning goal, but. He's, he's integral to everything they do. I mean, they play long ball, they play big balls up to him, you know, when from the corners they're aiming uh, aiming for ease every time. So, yeah, I mean, they are a bit of a one-man team, but it works for them. I think, you know, they're on a small budget. I think year on year, Gillingham are probably just aiming to stay up um, or get into mid-table. Um, so, and, and, that's, and that's what they're doing at the moment. And uh, for this game, I've actually got this one down as a, as a nil-nil board draw. I think both teams will just go for it. I think they'll be happy for the point. I think Gillingham... Uh, are just looking to pick up points. I mean, they're they're a relatively strong position now. They're two points clear. I think Wimbledon will just want to keep that unbeaten run going yeah. um, and, and pick up a decent away point. So I actually see this one down as a, as a nil-nil board draw. Well, I mean, again, we've gone with a draw. Uh, the only difference was me and Broom said a score draw and Joe said a, a nil-nil. Um, final game to, to bring. Um, concerns Rovers, they're away to Plymouth. Always a feisty encounter. Um, it just happens again with Plymouth, doesn't it? You know, they, they bottom... New Year's Day, completely out of the blue, get a good run of form. But then you look at what they did last season, it wasn't a surprise given that they you know, they, they almost got the playoffs. Um, on my point of view, I think we're so much suited to play away from home. We're eight unbeaten, we're so tough to beat, so tough to break down. Um, the first game in the, in the season in September was a very tight nil-nil, which I unfortunately wasn't able to go to, but that was the impression I got. Um, I could see this being a, a nil-nil. Being really honest, I think we we've had enough nil-nils this season. But I, I just think the way we're playing, we'd be happy to to sort of let Plymouth have the ball and just go. You know what? Come come and break us down. You're the home team. You're supposed to be come coming and attacking. What, what do you think about the game, Bruce? Um, well, I think both sides have had very similar seasons. I think if you'd have asked me in January, will either Plymouth or Bristol stay up? I'd have said no. I think they both would have gone down, and then. They've both, both it's, it's it's such a weird division this isn't it? Both teams have hit four and now they look like they're mm. out of trouble. Um I do I do agree with what you said, Rovers are set up to play away from home and I think I think I think Bristol Rovers will win. I'm gonna say either one nil or two one. I think it'll be a closely fought game, but I think with Clark Harris you've just got the goal scorer, you've yeah. you've always got that threat and I think that I think Bristol Rovers will win again. Jay, what what's your thoughts on that one, mate? Yeah, I'm, I'm going with a Bristol Rovers win as well, mate. I think you're a good away team. You've got a goal scorer. I think this 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 is the sort of games where Bristol Rovers are going to be picking up points. I think for the rest of the season, you know, um, two two teams. I think this 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 could actually seal sort of Bristol Rovers' survival. I think you know, if you get a point, get up to 47 points, 
Um, you still got a game in hand on most teams. I think you'll be. I think you'll be all right. So I think this is going to be a big, um, a big week for Bristol Rovers and uh, a big win. I think as well. All right, cheers for that, uh, Joe. That's all we got time for on the first episode of League One Lowdown. Uh, my thanks goes to Alex. Thank you for coming on, Alex. It was a pleasure. Not a problem, not a problem. And thank you to Joe. Uh, thanks uh, for coming on, Joe. Not a bother, pal. Enjoyed it. Uh, we'll send the podcast out on SoundCloud, and uh, we hope to have you listening again. Uh, so thank you, and enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you.